0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, uh, da, that's entertaining. <laughs> I got carried away with the music.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man. Uh, looking forward to discussing Jurassic Park this week. Uh, again, welcome to That's Entertaining. This week I am joined by none other than Mr. Paolo himself. Paolo, welcome Hi. to That's Entertaining. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. That's, that's, that's quite an honor.
0: <laughs> so, we'll, we'll let the folks know that you have been on 17,000 podcasts, and you are now ready to go and run with everything. You, you, my friend, are the pro.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I'm super pro in podcasting. I mean, I've been in so many in my years of professional podcasting which which is what i do for a living and uh you should be the actually one who is honored to have me because this is like the thing that i do the most and i do <laughs> it so good
0: <laughs> that you do, no sir. man
1: i'm super nervous I, i'm actually like if you would look at my hand right now i'm physically shaking because I, i'm scared that i would screw up stuff so yeah <laughs> this is my first time on a podcast.
0: No worries. No need to to shake or anything. That's why I usually have my friend Jameson or Johnny or Jim with me, <laughs> my little uh, liquid courage. So it's always good. All right. Yeah. But Paulo, let's since you haven't been on the show before, why don't you tell people what you've been up to? What What makes Paulo tick?
1: All right. So um, hi everybody. I, I'm Paulo, and I'm from Brazil. Uh, I, I know most of the like community that revolves probably your podcast, Jason's podcast, which is uh, Flex the Post and also the merit to the Game podcast, so I keep in touch with people on uh, Twitter at Mighty underscore Apollo, and I basically talk to everybody there, and uh, the things that I like are the things that those guys like, which is movies, TV shows, sometimes comic books, and video games, because video games are the are the biggest thing. It's where it's and at. And it's where it's at, man. I mean it's like I like movies, I like T V shows, but video games, man, they are just 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 a tip. And what I do is I work in a lab and I do research stuff, which I when I when I tell people it's like, oh I research cancer and they're like, Oh, you're curing cancer It's not like that exactly but yeah it's research and it involves cancer and when i'm not when i'm not doing that i'm playing video games reading comic books watching tv shows and watching movies which i had a chance to do quite a bit of that this week good so hold on a second
0: now you say that you work in a lab and you're researching cancer i just want to say from from my side of things that's an awesome awesome career choice
1: thank you I... for your dedication for oh, your man. work it, you're embarrassing me. I mean, everybody thinks that, that this is, like, super awesome and I know. I would like it to be super awesome, but it's not quite there yet. One day it may be I'm, um, what I am, really. What, the, the title that I hold, I have a bachelor in uh, biomedical sciences, which is basically a title that, like, gives me the ability to be in a lab and um, run samples, like DNA samples, blood samples, uh, parasitology samples, samples of all kinds. And what I actually went there for was... uh, I was thinking, oh, one day I'm going to be one of those guys that publishes papers and researches stuff. That once you're going to be saying, oh, uh, researchers say that this, this, and that. This food is good for you. This food is bad for you. That kind of stuff. I always wanted to be one of those guys that was behind the scenes doing that. And actually, like, one day I may actually be super proud of what I do, but right now it's just... A lot of bureaucracy and some paperwork and some lab work, but it's low level. It's about cancer. Yes, we do have a bunch of um, pituitary cancer patients. I actually go there and I uh, collect the tumors myself on the little tubes and put it on nitrogen. And it sounds cool when I say that. but <laughs> not super fancy one day i intend to be uh i'm pursuing my master's degree right now and one day i'll be going for my doctorate and at that point at my doctorate i hope to be like super proud of what i do but right now it's just low-key stuff so man i'm not the guy that is gonna cure cancer <laughs> not right now
0: but you know what you you've got it all mapped out you should be proud of where you're at and where you're going
1: sir oh thank you man makes me feel a little bit better
0: <laughs> there you go so that's that's cool. So basically, you're the smartest person in the in this call right
1: now. So, <laughs> not, uh, I'm not sure of that. Uh, I actually kind of disagree, but okay.
0: That's alright. So why don't you go ahead and tell me? You said that you like you know movies, TVs, and games. Have you been able to watch anything recently? Been entertained by anything recently?
1: Oh yeah, this 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 was a good week, man. I mean, the the past couple weeks I've been you know, like watching one thing here and there. And then I was looking at my PS4, oh, what I'm going to play, and uh, there was basically nothing that I wanted to play, even though there, were, there was a few games there that I didn't have uh, played yet. So you have and no backlog. Everything You've played everything on the PlayStation. It, the thing <laughs> is, I do have a bunch of games that I have on the backlog, but I was like, yeah, I don't feel like playing... Um, what is that game about? The first World War? Um, the Ubisoft game? Oh, Valiant? Yeah, ValenTars. I have that one and I'm like, no, I I want to play that, but I'm not feeling like it. You know when we have those times? Mm-hmm. So well, plus, I was like that. The past my Xbox is full of that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know they're good games. I, I'm sure of it. I've heard from many sources, but I was just not feeling it. But this past week, uh, we had the launch of Witcher, which I, I was, I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a few seconds with about movies and TV shows, I had the chance to watch yesterday *Mad Max: Fury Road*, which was, oh my god, it was such a ride. Pun intended, it was a very good ride, and ah oh man, the movie is good from the end, from the beginning to the end. I mean, I actually thought, uh, one and a half hour into the movie. I think it's like two hours. One and a half hours into the movie, I was like, oh, this is this is the end. I mean oh, I get it. Oh, this is a a very good point to to end it and uh, say, oh, we're going to have a couple more movies to explain the rest of the story. But they actually go further than we can imagine because, no spoilers, but you go into a journey with Mad Max, with Max himself, and when you reach the end point that they say in the beginning of the movie, oh, we're going to get to that point, when they reach that point, you think, oh, the movie is over. I mean, that's it. Uh, we're gonna know what's happening to them on the future, on the next movie. But they actually like make a twist and uh, give you more stuff than I was expecting. And that was like a man. That that movie is so complete, and it's you know, action from the beginning to the end.
0: That's what I've heard. Everybody says it's it's, it's a thrill ride. You know, like you said.
1: And yeah, it's, thrill. Yeah, sure. it's
0: through and through a, a terrific action movie. From what I've heard, And it's not. You know, it's not story-heavy, but there is story, but it's told not through dialogue, but just through what you see visually on the screen.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. If anybody that doesn't like like heavy action movies, if anybody that you know that isn't really into those kind of movies that like have superheroes or explosions or shooting, I mean, just make them give it a chance because... I think there's such a... From the beginning to the end you have music on the background that is really animated and it's really atmospheric and I don't know if it's... I don't know if I would feel the same thing if I was watching at home like a, a DVD, a Blu-ray but I, I, w- I had the chance to watch it on the IMAX and the, the audio was like laser pointed Dolby 5.1 audio. I, I, I don't even know how to to say those names but (laughs) it was so atmospheric that i felt that i mean absolutely nobody in that movie theater could say that they they didn't like the movie because it was such a such a thrill, man it was such a good experience awesome are you planning on watching that at some point
0: at some point probably i just haven't had the time to get to uh the theater or anything to watch it yet but Everybody that I've been talking to that's mentioned it has said that it's amazing. A lot of people seem to like it better than Age of Ultron, even, but,
1: I mean. I I haven't had the chance to watch that one, though. You haven't seen Age of Ultron Ultron yet? Nope. Actually, it came out in Brazil one week um, before it came out in the U.S., and I haven't got the chance to watch it. What? Come on now. You should have seen it. You should have seen, like, you know, this is old news to you. (laughs) Yeah, this, this, I mean, I'm super into Marvel movies. I'm super into superheroes and stuff like that, but. I don't know what happened there. I I think I planned out to go with uh, a few friends and then we canceled for some reason. And then I just forgot about it. But yeah, I still, I still plan on watching that. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. There are no strings on me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. James Spader, man. Excellent. Oh, yeah, that guy. Especially in uh, The Office. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when I fell in love with him. But anyway, um, other than that, Mad Max, I watched that, and I I watched uh, at home a couple movies, um, Project Almanac, which is a movie about time traveling. It's a bunch of kids who figure out a device that does time traveling, and it's, like, scientifically inaccurate, but (laughs) if you... (laughs) Yeah, time traveling, man. It's really hard to be accurate about that. (laughs) I'll tell you what. (laughs) But if you like just to, to watch those kind of movies that... The perspective, the, the directing of the camera work... It's uh, those kind of movies that... It's basically like the whole thing was recorded in an amateur camera. So you're going to have that angle from the whole movie. So it's basically amateur footage. Um, but it, it was actually a, a, a good ride... It doesn't have like a super great score on uh, IMDb and IGN stuff like that, but I went with it and I watched it and I had, go- had a good time. It's one of those like it's a bunch of teens and they screw up stuff, but the story is very very catchy. Teens and... and time travel never mix. Yeah, yeah. Imagine five teens discover a device that makes you go back in time. What what they do with it? one word anyway um <laughs> in a world in a word in a time in another time and many possible times anyway <laughs> um and i also watched ex machina which i am pretty sure was based on a, a novel but it's basically about uh, a guy Builds a robot with AI, and he brings another guy from his company to test the AI. To just have a conversation with the robot and sees if the robot uh, has surpassed the Turing test, which is a test that if you are talking to a robot and you cannot realize that it is a robot, the robot AI is realistic enough to to be considered, like, human-like. So Isn't that it, Blade Runner? Is it? I mean, I watch Blade Runner. I mean... Oh, yeah, they talk about that because of the uh, replicants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the Turing test is... Uh, Turing was, was the guy that developed the computer, and uh, people, after, like, all his inventions and all, people were um, saying that computers would get so smart in time that they would suppress human intelligence and we would not be able to identify if they were just as intelligent as us or not. And um, this is basically that rule, but Ex Machina is about that robot and it's a very, very good movie, but it is, it is kind of boring. So make sure you're not sleepy, <laughs> make sure you're paying attention to the, to the dialogue because that is not heavy on action or heavy on, on anything, to be honest But the story itself, I mean, it's like a novel. <laughs> you really have to be paying attention, and that was the everything that I did. Like movie wise, I watched a little bit of uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's it's it a Netflix exclusive. You heard about that one?
0: Yeah, I've I've actually watched all of uh, season one on that.
1: Oh, you watched all of it. All right, you must love it. too. It was it was entertaining. Oh yeah, that's entertaining, for sure. I mean, it is it is a good cast and some good jokes, and I watch it when I'm not doing much of anything. So <laughs> it's a good way to pass time. And I see that on the show notes, that you and I both have watched this week, The Flash finale.
0: Yes. Want to so, talk about that? But So you talked about time travel already with oh, your yes. Project Almanac. And- oh yes. So, for a couple minutes here, uh, listeners, we're going to do a little bit of a spoiler discussion. Not really a spoiler discussion. There could be mild plot spoilers. We won't go into what actually happened, but a little bit of spoilers. Yeah,
1: we'll we make sure, we make sure to, to keep a light on spoilers.
0: So, this week's Flash was obviously the season one finale. You had yep. the penultimate episode before
1: mm-hmm. uh, where
0: things happened. And in this time, Barry was offered that choice, a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Um hmm How do you feel? First off, how did did you enjoy the first season as a whole?
1: Um, It was even more than I could expect. I mean, I was expecting it to be cheesy and a little bit too cheesy because everybody talks bad stuff about CW, and I don't really see it now. I mean, I think they're on a good roll right now. With Arrow and uh, with uh, the Flash, I don't want the the other shows that they have, but with these two shows, I think they they have the right amount of cheese there. <laughs> and Little I, Swiss. Age Yeah 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 Yeah. Um, I actually loved it, man. To be honest, I loved it. I thought it was it was great from the beginning to the end. Every episode, I was looking at the TV and cheering and actually being excited. And actually, saying "run, Barry, run!" <laughs> it was, it was, it was a good, it was a good season, man. For me, yeah. man. How about you?
0: Oh, I, I, agree. I thought it was, you know, from from the beginning, it was better than I expected it to be, because you know, I, I was never really a Flash fan of the comic books. I, I've always enjoyed the characters' interactions with Batman and the rest of the Justice League, but I never sought out an individual Flash comic book to read. However. Right. You know, this kind of changes that a little bit, because now I'm, I'm more curious about the character of the Flash. Um, mm-hmm. I did read one of his comic books, which is more recent, which was the Flashpoint Paradox uh, event. Oh, that thank took place, you. Which is really God good. Thank
1: God you watched that.
0: Yeah. So that uh, obviously ties in a little bit to to what happened to the season finale, just kind of with I the speed force and things.
1: Yeah, I mean it kind of ties a bunch to the yeah. to the Flashpoint stories.
0: Yeah, because obviously in the Flashpoint, he makes the decision that is different, and everything changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this time,
1: he doesn't. <laughs> you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm trying but, to be as cagey as I can, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let, let's let's talk about time travel, shall we? Mm. If you think about it there's this whole thing about uh, on the on the comic books, on the Flash comic books, um, Yobarton, which is the reverse Flash, with, which is the antagonist of Flash, if you're not aware of that, and if you didn't realize by the name reverse Flash, um, <laughs> Yobarthon actually explains on the comic books that he has got trapped into a paradox, which is um, the way that the reverse Flash gets his powers in the comic books is when uh, Flash actually goes to the future and he does his stuff. And then Il-Barthon, uh gets his hands on uh, suit I guess, which is uh, where his powers come from. And he basically needs the Flash to be so fast that he can go to the future that he can interact with him so he can get his powers... So basically, the reason that he has powers is that the Flash has powers. And on the show, they talk about that all the time. I mean, Flash, I need you to be fast so I can go back home. That That is what... I mean, I'm not really spoiling. This is the whole premise of your of And on the comic books, your of actually explains it really well that if he go, goes back in time... And kills the Flash at any point of time. If he's a baby, if he's a baby in the cradle, if he's a little kid playing football, if he's an adult, at any point of his life, if he actually tries to kill the Flash, he's going to disappear. Because he will not be able to be in that altered timeline. So that is a paradox. So... For me to exist in an alternate timeline, in a fluctuating timeline, I need the Flash to exist too. So what he decides in the comic books in general, like on the Flashpoint and a uh, a little bit before that, he decides that I'm going to ruin the Flash's life. I'm going to do everything that I can to make his life miserable. He can still be the Flash, but I'm going to make it hard for him because I'm that kind of person. I see myself happy when I see other people sad. <laughs> that is Yobarathon, everybody, and that paradox is really well established in the comic books, and it's like kind of scientific. It's really, really good on that area, but on the comic, uh, um, on the show, Yoborathon doesn't seem to realize that. I mean, he can we say that he? I mean, yeah, we can say that he traveled back in time and interacted with the uh, Barry Allen, Flash, um, when he was a kid, right? He interacted with him. He was the little paranormal thing that happened to him as a kid. That's on the first episode, so it's not much of a surprise. And um, he doesn't seem to realize that if he actually managed to kill Barry in that, in that chance that he had, he would be dead, too. And that is not, like, emphasized in any point of the show that, oh, Barry, I could kill you right now. No, he couldn't because he needs Flash to be faster. But, oh, if I had the chance to go back in time again, I would probably kill you. That is basically what he, like, means all the time. And he's just, like, trying to get rid of Barry so he could go back to his time. But, I don't know, he's not breaking the paradox at any point. He doesn't realise that he's trapped in the paradox. Which is what I found odd about how the way they're they handling time travel this show. Well
0: I thought they did. I thought there was a, a flashback uh point where he was looking at uh Barry as he was sitting in the uh cradle. No, not in the cradle, but uh in like a, a hospital bed. And like he's like, I could do it now, I could kill you now, but I can't because then I would be stuck here.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that was basically because of, like, oh, I don't have, like, enough speed to accomplish what I'm doing. I need you to basically, like, do that part of the speed for me. So that is like, oh, at this point, yeah, I I can really kill you because I need your active help. I need your help actively. But he doesn't realize if he would be uh, going back in time again and to that point, or even... Barry was like a kid that time, uh, eight years old, nine years old, I would say. If he would go back to uh infant Barry, I mean, would he kill him? Would he go do that? Would he just, like, rip his heart? I think he doesn't realize that uh, the, the impact of the paradox that he's trapped in. Hmm. Hard to say. And they, they don't really say the word paradox at any point, do they?
0: Um, well, they do say the word paradox in that final episode. I think the, the, the
1: scientist doctor mentions the word. Yeah, uh, the doctor, the, the firestorm doctor. Right? Yeah. I don't remember his name either. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I really like that um, geeky physics stuff about like how fluid time is and paradoxes, and um, which is one of the points that I liked about Project Almanac. They kind of hint of it at it uh, in the movie but i thought that i mean i would have liked to see they discussing more about like oh the flash exists because at one point he made the reverse flash exist and the reverse flash exists because at one point the flash made him exist so they are both like coexistent at any point of time that is that is the way that it is in the books. I mean in the comic books. Um but you you read the Flashpoint, right?
0: Yeah, the Flashpoint comic book.
1: Yeah, so um I think that do they kill Reverse Flash there? I think Thomas Wayne killed him, right? Yes. With a spear or something like that? Thomas Wayne, which is Batman, which is like super cool. That is one of the like coolest versions of Batman that I've seen. With oh, yeah. the rat symbol and all.
0: The the Thomas Wayne Batman is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. And um at that point he um reverse flash like he discusses that he's been altering stuff so much that at one point he got trapped into into the time time here, I don't know what they call it, speed force. Yeah speed force. Yeah. So he breaks out of the paradox. So he he's strong enough that he can control his own destiny. Now, now he could, like, go back and kill Barry, but he decides to make his life miserable instead, which is cool. All right, you explained to me that you broke a paradox, but at the point that we watched the show, they were both trapped in the paradox, and we see what happens in the end, I mean, in the last 10 minutes, and I was I was not very satisfied with that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, so at the with the end of the season finale, I time travel is always a tricky thing, right? So I was with what happened. I I'm hoping that they at the beginning of season two explain what's happening and why it's happening, because. When I'm thinking of time travel, I always, you know, go back to Back to the Future. Right, is when mm-hmm. you make a decision that changes time, then like your mm-hmm. picture is is you know fading from a photograph, mm-hmm. because then you don't exist anymore. Yep. So, I always kind of picture that in that scenario. So, with with this, uh, it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> it was, uh, what what's the The word I'm looking for. It just didn't seem to line up. It didn't seem to make sense really with how everything went down and what
1: happened. Yeah, but yeah, the the show was going. I mean, it was not a disappointment. The whole like episode and everything. Just I wish that they threw a little bit more of science uh, science fiction there. I mean, talk about the paradox. Talk about how one is dependent of the other. Talk about how for a Flash to exist, there need to, there needs to be a, a reverse force, which is the reverse Flash. And your uh, Thon actually, like, he says a line around that, like, um, I'm his reverse, I need him, and he needs me, something like that. You always needed me, Flash. Uh, you see how much I have helped you, blah, 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 stuff like that. So I just wish that they actually... I mean, they kind of did. When, when what happened happened, stuff went wrong, right? The, let's just say that in the end of the season one, like, of course, for there to be a season two, there must be more stuff to be resolved. And at the end of season one, something is going on that shouldn't. And maybe that's the way to explain how much time traveling is screwing up stuff. I just don't know how they're gonna fix it. Yeah, which leaves yeah. me excited for the next season.
0: Yeah, so I mean, obviously, it's it's a good kind of cliffhanger to figure to end it on. So it'll mm-hmm. be it'll be good to see it. I'm excited for the next the next episode. So that's I guess what they wanted me to be.
1: <laughs> so it worked for them. Yep, yep, yep. They they did a good job all around. Well, oh, just cool. that, so yeah, just, we just, a, just a tidbit about time travel let me let me throw this in the conversation um this this is like a really complicated theme to talk about time travel and paradox and stuff like that but just to realize how like real this is how like time is actually a thing it's a dimension we live in a four-dimensional world like you you must have heard about in a uh, interstellar if you watch that movie but Time is a dimension. Time is a, it's a mathematical thing that we can talk about and be scientific about. And Stephen Hawking, Stephen Hawking that you might have heard about, uh, one of the greatest minds of the world, <laughs> he actually tried to prove time travel many a times in his life by actually making dinner parties, setting up dinner parties and sending the invitations after they happened. The invitations went to the greatest minds that he knew, like the greatest scientists that he knew, in hopes that if one day they develop the technology to go back in time, they will actually attend to one of those dinner parties. How Hmm. crazy is that?
0: that is an interesting concept to try to pull off or right I mean this is like
1: real life I mean it wasn't much trouble for him oh is today the 23rd of May alright I'm gonna set up a dinner table and I'm gonna call my friend Nathan tomorrow see if he in the future comes back and attend to this dinner that I'm setting up right now (laughs)
0: That would be funny because technically then you would get an immediate response because if you're setting up that dinner for today
1: and call you tomorrow, Absolutely. Yeah, you that's should get the, fun the immediate part. response. But
0: that's you have
1: crazy. to be 100% sure that you're not going to die from today between today and tomorrow by the time that you actually send out the invitations. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think our listeners' brains may be hurting a little bit now with all this time travel talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my God. I'm sorry for that.
0: No, it's fine. It's perfectly good. But uh, so you've talked about movies and uh, TV shows. How about games? You've been playing anything recently?
1: All right. So I got I got the chance to um, play a little bit of Shovel Knight, and that is a fun little game. Um, if you don't know, it's a two D side scroller based on the old style of, I think it's eight bit, right? I believe
0: it's either eight or sixteen. It might it might be more sixteen or wait thirty two.
1: I don't know. Mm, I'm almost positive it's 8 bit, but let's just go with it. It's old game style. Yeah. And it's a 2D side scroller. It's really cute looking and the 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 music in the background is chip tunes and it's super good. And it's a fun game, but oh my god, is it hard? Oh <laughs> my god, is that thing hard? And it was so hard that it actually like made me stop playing it for a couple of days and witcher 3 came out and guess mm. what i'm addicted to that game <laughs> holy moly what happened i mean i was expecting for a game that would suck me in and immerse me but i'm actually addicted to it i think that's about really it good. when i wake up i think about it <laughs> when i go to bed that is sickening
0: uh huh now that, that's That's hard for you. I mean, if you're at work and you're thinking about Witcher and you're thinking about trying to research something, I was like, maybe if I had a glyph
1: here that I could place here. Right, (laughs) right, Or a mutagen. (laughs) Yeah, I I work with genes all the time. I mean, oh, (laughs) what if I applied a wraith mutagen here? If (laughs) I had three lesser blue mutagens and combined them into a big blue mutagen, (laughs) I can actually make myself invulnerable to poison there you go i'm just making that (laughs) up guys but by the way so yeah it's it's really it's really hard man to concentrate in anything now that's a freaking game what are you playing it on um i started on the hard mode not the hardest on the hard mode just and it was like kicking me in the bottom a little bit and then i restarted i just played it for an hour maybe one and a half hour so I just restarted it afterwards on um, normal, and I'm playing on normal right now, and you know, I'm having I'm having more fun playing that way.
0: Yeah, I I think that <laughs> no, I'm not super old or anything. I'm not even I don't even really consider myself old. But sometimes I feel like I'm older than I am. But the <laughs> older that I get, I feel like I don't even want to try the harder levels anymore. Because when I was yeah. younger, I used to do like you know Halo and Legendary and stuff like that, but anymore. Yeah, right? I
1: just want to experience the story. Yeah, and it's a well, I mean, it's supposed to be a game full of story. I just want to enjoy that. I don't want to be like, "Oh my god, do I have enough potions to kill those two guys?" No, <laughs> I just want to go to those two guys and hack and slash.
0: Mhm. Now I haven't I've been playing The Witcher as well, but I haven't made any potions yet for healing. I was actually thinking about that today because I was in this battle and I was like, "Man, all I have is raw meat and
1: water." <laughs> I think there's probably a potion Hall that I should make. is <laughs> raw meat, right? I mean, it's really good in that game. Uh-huh. In in some other games if you eat raw meat, you're going to have like food poisoning and stuff like that. Not in that. Witcher. Not in the Witcher. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah. But so, yeah, make sure you make sure you build potions because when you meditate, which is basically like um wait for a couple of hours in game, uh, it's a press of a button. When you meditate, you replenish your potions. So you just have to craft them once.
0: That's cool. Yep, I I didn't realize that. I've been meditating, but
1: I didn't really realize that my potions would be refilled. I don't have any potions equipped, though. You just need the the materials once. And once you you crafted that, it's yours forever. Interesting. I need to craft more stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Make sure you do that. Collect (laughs) all those plants.
0: Oh, yeah. So, it looks like that's uh, the extent of what you wanted to cover for this week. So, uh, like we talked about, I also watched the Flash finale. We don't need to rehash that. We could go back in the time and, you know, change our discussion. I think we're cool.
1: I think we're cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: But I have, on the lighter side of things and the shorter side of things, uh, been watching Harvey Birdman, Attorney
1: at Law on Hulu. Have you ever seen this? I think I have, like... Put my eyes on it for a few minutes. <laughs> and uh, a long, long time ago, maybe. Mm. I, I recognize the character. I don't think I have any memories of it. <laughs> so,
0: I mean, the, the episode, it's obviously, it's an adult swim show from, like, back in, like, 2006 or something like that. Mm-hmm. When when they were in their heyday. and Or at least when I was paying attention to him, anyway. <laughs> That's what I consider right. their heyday. <laughs> but uh, it's... This, like, years after he was a superhero, he was Birdman, um, and it's kind of with all these Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters that kind of kind of incr- intermingle together, Right, and he's an attorney, so he's a lawyer now, and so he does these little, uh, you know, cases for these different characters. Like, he'll have Yogi Bear for, for one, or he'll have Fred Flintstone for one. It'll, it'll be interesting. It's, it's actually pretty funny, and the episodes are pretty short. I mean, they're about 10 minutes long so oh. uh it's it's quick to get through and it's good like if you're if you're kind of tired and you just want something to kind of watch as you're kind of resting and kind of winding down you could watch one or two of those and you'd be good it it reminds me of back in you know when it was on adult swim and i did that when it was on tv and i was like turn that on
1: just kind of fall asleep watching it 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 feels right. good it feels right right i might have actually i might have to try it because i do have hulu plus and uh that if you're telling me that, it's only 10 minutes. I mean, I can watch at least a couple episodes to see if I like yeah. it.
0: And uh, do you know who Stephen Colbert is? He had the Colbert Report. Yep, yep, yep. I love that guy. He does the voice of one of the characters isn't it. Oh,
1: my God. That's awesome.
0: So it's a, it's a good show. I recommend it. It's it's silly, but it's just a good, good little show to watch. It's funny. And there's a lot of things that just happen on the screen that aren't really even addressed, but they're funny. So Right.
1: I love that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> so as far as TV goes, I mean, that's pretty much the extent of it for me this week, but um, on the gaming side of things, I've actually been heavy on gaming this time. So mm-hmm. after the last show, uh, we talked about Dragon Age, obviously, but I hadn't yet beaten the Jaws have a Con DLC, um, but I did since uh, beat that. So... I How think was it? It was good. Uh I definitely if you want more Dragon Age, it's well worth it because it opens up a whole new level. Uh, there's a new dragon to fight, there's a, a a lot of stuff to do, a lot of content. It probably took me at least, you know, 7 or 8 hours to get through the content on it. So, worth it wow. for me.
1: It's a bit bit of a chunky DLC, nice. Mhm.
0: So, it's 15 bucks, but I mean, if you're a Dragon Age fan and you want more Dragon Age, it's it's worth it. Um, have you played Dragon Age Inquisition?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I only, like, stopped right at, right before the, the ending. Before what? the, like, last minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> believe me. I'm also impressed at my ability to do that. But <laughs> I stopped right before the ending because I was like, man, this is going to be a long battle. And um, I need to reservate, like, a, a whole five hours of my day to to do this in one sitting. And I never got to it.
0: You know, if if that's where you're at, uh, you don't need five hours, maybe two at
1: most. Yeah, two hours can become three. Three hours can become four. <laughs> four hours can get to five. Uh, I'm, that game. Thinking, with, I'm with one the of Witcher. those guys that check checks everything in the game. Yeah,
0: but uh, so am I. So if, for me, it took me a couple hours. So I think you'll be right about there but oh, all right i mean <laughs> how can you not you're right there but now you've already started the witcher
1: <laughs> so yeah man I, i'm i'm a complicated guy don't 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 let me get started
0: <laughs> oh but it's a uh, a good little bit of dlc definitely uh was worth it to me and obviously we, we've talked about the witcher already a little bit but uh you, c- you can compare Dragon Age and The Witcher a little bit, but they're really completely different games. Because with oh, yeah. Dragon Age, you oh, have yeah. more of a team-based kind of mechanic where you have your tank, you have your healer, you have your mage, your archer. Uh, whereas Witcher, you're just one guy that kind of wrecks everybody.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, just just to to put like, it in pers- perspective, on Witcher, you have the fast attack, the heavy attack, The secondary weapon attack, which can be like uh, one of those uh, crossbows. And also the magic attack. On Dragon Age, you just have attack. (laughs) So that's just like one thing that you can put in perspective, that you have your skills in Dragon Age, and that's all. But in which you have dodge, you have jump, you have... I mean, it's a much more... You control your character a little bit more in Witcher, but that can be either a good thing if you like that kind of stuff, or that can be a bad thing if you like something of a more simple. More simple in some parts, um, battle system you can play uh, Dragon Age on nor- normal or easy, and you're gonna be breezing through it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dragon Age is great. But Witcher is also really good. So if you're a mm-hmm. fan of of RPGs and like fantasy stories, they're both going to be well worth your time. Oh, yes. Um, in addition to that, I've also played a couple other games that were on sale on Xbox. So I was looking at the Xbox store. It had some stuff on sale. And I was like, you know what? I haven't bought a game in a while. This was before The Witcher. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I bought a cheap little game that was $3 on sale called Jet Car Stunts. Um, It's a basic, simple, interesting little game uh, just controlling this little car that also has a jet engine on it. So it kind of controls in the air a little bit uh, when you do these crazy jumps. And it's simple, but it's also kind of ridiculous and hard at times, too, to kind of control things to go the way you want. But uh, it was three bucks. I gave it a go, and it's been worth my time so far. So, three bucks well spent. Cool. Uh, Cool. The other uh, thing that I bought was Saints Row Four reelected, and their uh, expansion pack was bundled together uh, for like thirty bucks. And I never played any Saints Row games, um, but I've always heard that they're kind of ridiculously fun and interesting. So I picked that up, started playing that, and. That is pretty much ridiculously fun and interesting. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, right. Have you played it?
1: Oh, I have the platinum.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. So I'm only like an hour, maybe an hour and a half or two in, but it's a crazy game, man. It's just like, it starts out, and I'm like, this is so
1: crazy, and I love it. (laughs) It is so crazy that they make fun of themselves. Yeah. It's It's just like that.
0: The. Like, you're walking down the White House, because you're the president when you start out the game, and you're walking down the hallway at this one point, <laughs> and and they, this guy comes up to you and is like, you're going to be the president to cure one of these things. Which do you want to cure? And it's like, cure cancer
1: or cure world hunger? <laughs> and it's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so oh, That's a, a easy
1: decision to make.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm like, good lord, I don't, I don't even know, like, you know, you look at The Wolf Among Us or those other types of games where it's like you're making these decisions all the time, and it's all... Really and super serious, and then you have this, and it's like these are both awesome things to do, but it's like <laughs> I don't know what to do, and I was not expecting this. Yeah, right. Uh, but it was
1: great. So yeah, it's a great game.
0: Yeah, i've I've only been like I said playing there for like an hour and a half or so, but it's it's crazy, uh, and I'll I'll get back to it at some point when I need a break from The Witcher, or maybe after I've beaten The Witcher, because. It's, it's a good palate cleanser.
1: <laughs> oh, That's for so, sure. so after you beat Witcher, so you're saying like 2017, maybe 18? Uh,
0: maybe a little bit sooner. Maybe 2016. All right, all right. <laughs> um, and then, so I've also been playing another thing that is not The Witcher, because I have also been playing The Witcher, but we talked about that. I've probably put maybe, well, actually, I'll tell you, how many hours I've put in The Witcher so far, uh, while I tell you about the other game that I've been playing on iOS, which, so I started playing it because of The Witcher, uh, is Hearthstone. Good Lord. Why would you do that? <laughs> so I, I know I've heard about the game, and I was like, that sounds interesting, and I never really, never really booted it up or played it. I downloaded it like a while back, but never played it. And so then I was looking, and people were talking about how the the card game Gwent inside of The Witcher is very similar to um, whatchamacallit? Uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone, yep. So because of that, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to play that card game some more, and I kind of like the mechanics of it, and if it's similar to it, I might like it. And so. I don't see it, do you? I it, it is similar, but Hearthstone kinda
1: got crazy addicting. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so addicting. I actually tried to stay away from the game as much as I can because I know when I started, I couldn't... It was the same thing that I'm, I'm with Witcher right now. And what if I have like 10 minutes free? What I'm gonna do with the... Oh, I'm gonna play some Hearthstone. Oh, um... What about while I'm eating lunch? I mean, I can play Hearthstone with my right hand while <laughs> I eat with my left hand, right? So yeah, it was like, it was an addiction. Yeah. I, I can't play that anymore.
0: Yeah, so I started playing it a little bit. I don't think I'll get like too crazy into it, but it's been entertaining so far. Um, but I have been playing The Witcher mostly. Uh, I've played 15 hours of that so far, according wow. to my Xbox.
1: Just give me a point of reference where are you at the game? Um I don't
0: even know. So the last thing I did was I was in a cave with a witch
1: looking for an elf. Man, that's exactly what I am too. Is that where you are at too? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's oh my god, that's the exact same point. That's that's
0: funny. So, I mean, and I'm, like you said, like, I can't go buy a crate that says loot and not open it up. So, even right. if it's got, like, just a piece of wire in it, <laughs> right? I'm opening all the, all the crates. I need to get to a point
1: where I'm just like, all right, I don't need any of this stuff. But I, I do actually like... learned a new, a new word for that. It's called collect a yeah Yeah. Uh,
0: but, uh, you know, I, I do like how they did the, the en- encumberment system, where when you become over-encumbered, you can't you you move slowly but you can still pick up more stuff and uh-huh. keep moving around so uh-huh. i'm like i'm like if i'm deep in a cave and i'm like i can't leave just yet there's still things here i can still pick <laughs> them up and then just walk out slowly call my horse and get out of there
1: broach come yeah. here
0: that game is so good though i mean i've only been to two zones the the opening zone white orchard and uh, whatever the zone is now that I'm called. I don't know what it's called, but it's very big, very open. I think open. it's called
1: Valen. Yeah,
0: yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but, you know, it's... And I have to call this out. So if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I posted up uh, the the letter from CD Projekt Red. Oh, yeah. When, when you bought the game, there's a ton of stuff inside the case, right? There's a soundtrack. There's the game disc. There's a map, there's a compendium for some backstory, there's a game manual, there's stickers, and I know I'm missing something else, and there is a thank you letter from Mm -hmm. the company thanking you for buying their game. They said that they know that you have many options when it comes to playing games, they just thank you for choosing them. And to thank you, they've prepared 16, I think it is, DLC packs that will be coming uh, over the course of, of some time frame. That's so cool, right? Yeah. I mean, I, developers need to take notice. Like, last week I was talking to to Peter, and he, we were talking about season passes, and Arkham Knight came up, right? Mm-hmm. And with that, they have the season pass. It's going to be $40 that didn't really give you any details, and it's going to have skins and other things and racetracks and some story stuff and whatever. Uh-huh. These guys, you you're paying your sixty bucks. They're giving you sixteen. They're giving you essentially an, a season pass for just buying the game, without charging you for it. Which I mean, is like so awesome. Yeah, I, I've pretty much committed now at this point to I think just buying whatever they do as a company from here on out and being like, I oh, love your sure. guys's, you know, what you've your philosophy here and everything. But I. I think other companies need to take notice. Like, Rocksteady needs to take notice of what they did and not charge 40 bucks for a season pass and just give us some of that content for just buying the game and believing in them as a company, believing in their game.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's ju- it just makes you look good to the consumers. And if you can actually, like, afford to do it, because I know most of the DLCs that are, like, costumes and a little bit that a a little thing that changes this and changes that a little mission that's going to take you half an hour to complete stuff like that. If you're going to charge a couple dollars for it, how many people are actually going to buy it instead of that? What if you give me just those like two bucks, DLCs for free. And if you really want to make an expansion, make it something considerable, which is what uh, which is what CD project red is actually doing. They are having a season pass for Witcher. They are having expansions. But it's going to be like 30 hours of game and different maps. Like never seen maps. Stuff that were never even designed to be in the main game. Mm -hmm. So that is cool. I can pay for that. That is cool. But if you give me a game and you are locking out content that I know that it was already ready to be played, but you're going to charge me for a little bit here and there, 50 cents here, $1 here, $2 there. I don't like that. And I think that's a little bit of what, uh, Rocksteady is doing. And yeah. that is a little bit bad. Starting with that good?
0: microtransaction transaction
1: route. Yeah. EA man.
0: Yeah. So, uh, good on the Witcher, good on the CD project red. I mm-hmm. look forward to sinking more time into your game.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So much time.
0: Oh, yeah. So other than that, I have been playing, and I'll, you know, I think I want to do something uh, at some point in the coming week. Maybe since I have Monday off, I'll record it then. But I'm going to record a a review of the new Portal Pinball uh, table. So, Paulo, are you familiar with Portal?
1: Yep. The game? Yeah. Sure. Are you familiar with Pinball? I might have heard of it.
0: (laughs) So, are you... On Xbox, it's called Pinball FX 2. I think there's something similar on PlayStation 4 and PC. Um, But it's by Zen Studios. Zen Pinball? Yeah. Right. Another one. So, they are releasing the portal pinball table next week i believe it is Uh, and i got a code actually from them to to review it so i think i'm going to record a review on monday and post that some point next week just uh uh some thoughts on how it is the presentation everything and i'll give you a hint so far
1: i like it. it awesome man i'm looking at some pictures right now it looks awesome yeah
0: and you got Stephen Merchant in there doing the voice of Wheatley again, and uh, the that's Gladys nice. is the same person as before. So that's I, nice, I like bitch. It. So that's that's what I've been doing, and you can look forward to that maybe on uh, at some point next week. Well, in between this episode and the next Standard episode, you can find that.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: So, you know... We've been recording almost an hour, it looks like here. Uh, in this so, universe,
1: in some other universe, we're just cutting. <laughs>
0: that's right. In some other universe in the Time Force, we are just beginning to record. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the
1: time travel talk, man. I'm um, sorry no, for time that. Time
0: travel talk, Witcher. It, it's, been, it's been good catching up with you, Paulo. And I do have some topics listed here, but I think I'll have to save them for another day because... I think we really just need to get into our entertaining thoughts for this week with Jurassic Park. That's right. Jurassic Park. The 1993 movie Jurassic Park. That's so, what? how How old were you when this movie came out in 1983? Two years old. (laughs) (laughs) So suffice to say, you didn't see this in the theater.
1: No, 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 not at all. I actually watched, uh, I think, all of the Jurassic Park movies, I watched them on TV. Like, maybe not on open TV, but at least, I think, two and three, maybe it was on a rented DVD, stuff like that. Maybe not DVDs. Was that VHS back then? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I feel so nostalgic now. So, yeah, maybe uh, (laughs) VHS tapes, but Jurassic Park, one, I'm pretty sure I watched it on open TV a couple times when I was a kid. Yeah.
0: It's, you know, I was, so this came out in 93. I would have been six years old, and I don't think I was really quite aware at the time. I may have seen something on TV about it. But I definitely didn't see it in the theaters. Oh, yeah. um, I saw the second one in the theaters because uh, it came out in 97. I would have been 10. Uh, so I saw that one in the theater. But this one I didn't get to see. I've never seen it in the theater. I meant to try to go watch it when it was going to be re-released in uh, an IMAX release. Or maybe it was a 3D release. I can't remember which. But this is a movie that I would like to see on the big screen because, you know, watching it this time because uh, I watched it yesterday, I put in the DVD, I don't have the Blu-ray for it, that's something that I'll have to fix here shortly, but um, I put in the DVD, and even watching that,
1: it looks incredible, still. It does, doesn't it? Um, when you you, would to- you asked me to come to the podcast, I made sure I would watch at least a couple scenes, and I looked for it, and I saw living the dinosaur scenes, man, which, I mean, they are not as prevalent as you would think they are from a movie called Jurassic Park. I mean, at least half of the movie is just people. Mm-hmm. And, man, the the CG is fantastic for a movie from 1993. It is really good. Mm-hmm. So they had
0: really good CG for back then. And they also, they were still using a lot of animatronics and puppets and things like that. I think the T-Rex was, a lot of his scenes were animatronics. I think the Raptors as well um but there is a lot of stuff with the raptors that was uh, cg too, and a lot of the smaller dinosaurs the stegosaurus was definitely uh, something that they built but um, it was so good like the you know animatronics aside in 90 in 93 you know they say back in i think it was 19 in the 70s i can't remember what year when superman came out that you would believe a man could fly by seeing that. <laughs> and, I mean, I've talked to people. I've talked to, you know, Don. He was on the podcast before. And he was like, yeah, he, he went and saw it in the theaters. And you believed a man could fly. And, you know, this being in 93, you would believe that dinosaurs could come back and be on the earth at this point. It just Absolutely. looks so real.
1: Absolutely. Steven Spielberg, man, he actually made us, like, feel like we were there Mm -hmm. at the park with them. I was, you know what Jurassic Park one? That movie was like a horror movie for me. (laughs) When I was a kid, I was, like, really scared of uh, any movies that had a little bit of blood, stuff like that. And on the scene that the two kids are in the kitchen um, Uh running away from the Jurassic Park. I remember like biting my nails as 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 I was watching that. It was mm-hmm. so intense. And like I said it was like at any point a dinosaur could, could come in my room and do the same thing to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that
0: I probably had uh, some nightmares after watching this honestly, you know, with the T-Rex and things like that, but Oh yeah. Um you know, I remember with this movie thinking back and watching on the VHS and the scary scene to me, like the scariest scene that I thought of when I was watching it again yesterday was the Dilophosaurus when they uh, are like chasing after um, the guy that's stealing the stuff. Yeah. And they, they're the skin around their neck, you know, goes out Uh huh. And then they like, they're like shooting stuff at him.
1: That was always a scary scene to me when I was a kid. I don't know why. They look so mean, right? Yeah. They, they look... look like they're actually trying to be scary. They're like, oh, I'm better than you. I'm going to rip you apart. And they do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And
0: I don't know why they were so scary to me, but I think it's probably because at first they're cute, right? At first they're kind of, oh, there's a cute little noise. They're just kind of cute, curious. Then they turn out to be... You know, these creatures that will just
1: incapacitate you and then eat you. Just like the gremlins. They actually <laughs> reminded me a lot of the gremlins. And I'm not just making a joke. The, the whole thing about the changing their appearance when they're actually being mean. Because at first, when you see them, they're cute. They make cute little sounds. They're like little birds or something like that. And they're looking at you with those big eyes, big black eyes. And then they turn into those horrible things and spit on your face.
0: Mm-hmm. They remind me of rattlesnakes, too, you know? Oh, like yeah. They, and I think there was probably because of the, the sound that they had. I think they had, like, a rattlesnake sound that they they used when they were had their... I, I can't remember what it's called. Um, I want the name of whatever it is when they...
1: Let's they call it a neck membrane. What's that? Let's call it a neck membrane.
0: Mac membrane.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a membrane on the neck that opens up. Yeah. Okay. That that sounds good for for when, the sake of argument.
0: The membrane. <laughs> when when they open up the membrane, that, that it's just I don't know. That always stood out to me. That always kind of scared me when I was younger. I wasn't as scared of the raptors and stuff, but I was obviously because they were hunting the kids, which I was a kid when I was watching it, so I was like, oh, that's me, they're hunting me. Um, and obviously, the T Rex just being the big dinosaur that was kind of the terror anyway. But it. This movie, when. You know, going back and remembering myself watching it, was it. It was a movie that was probably a lot like in 1977 if you were watching Star Wars. Mm -hmm. you know you could see like the x-wings fly you saw the space stuff you saw all this stuff happening like how do they do this how is this real Mm -hmm. and for me being a kid seeing this happen seeing them come up to the jurassic park for the first time and seeing those big dinosaurs i was probably as glued to them as you know dr grant was when he looked at him he just like couldn't take his eyes off and he was yep he was just so dumbfounded on you know looking at it now we take a lot of stuff for granted, right? We, we do. We, we just, I just saw a movie that has, you know, comic book heroes on the screen with robots flying around and incredible things happening. You just saw a movie that had crazy stuff happening with cars. Explosions. I'm sure there were some crazy stunts. Yeah. And, sure. and that's that's what we expect now. That's the norm. Back we when this spoiled. movie came out. Yeah back when this movie came out that was a pipe dream that was you know the vision that they had in their minds but they couldn't quite get to that that point yet mm-hmm. but with movies like jurassic park with star wars those things started to happen they started to come out you know james cameron with terminator 2 especially um they started to be able to make that vision a reality mm-hmm. and now we get it i mean i in December, we get the new Star Wars movie, oh, and man. it's going to have a mix of practical effects and visual effects, and it's just going to be amazing. I I know it will, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I know it's going to be the next step. It's going to be the next thing that makes your jaw
1: drop, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably it's going to be the, the thing that it's going to set the bar a little bit higher.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie did. That's what Jurassic Park did back in 1993. That's almost, no, that is over 20 years ago. That's 25 years, right? 22. 22. My math is wrong. It's, it's, it's late and I've had Jameson, so <laughs> I don't know what math is. But yeah, it's the legacy of this film. Is should not be underst understated, because it's so impactful on what we see on the screen today, and we'll see in the in the Lost World going forward with these Jurassic Park movies because the plan is uh, to do each of the Jurassic Park movies. This one, uh, the Lost World, next week. Jurassic Park three after that, and then uh, Jurassic World, the new movie in theaters. Um, mm-hmm. Over the next few weeks, so we'll kind of see how how this film series progresses in the in the visual side of things because they'll have four years between Jurassic Park and the the next one to improve on the visuals. And you know, one of the things on this this film is too is it was one of the first or maybe the first time that they had to digitally replace someone's face because uh, when towards the end of the movie. And they were up in the ventilation shaft. One of the actors, uh, she looked up at the camera, and it was actually the stunt double. And so they had to superimpose the actress's face over the stunt double's face. Wow! So that That was the first time. A lot
1: of trouble because Windows ninety five was not even a thing back then.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, she was on a Unix system, right? In 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 the movie which that's another discussion for another day but um that was uh, you you look at you know um I think when Newman I want to not Newman <laughs> uh he played Newman in Seinfeld what was it what was his name
1: again oh man which one uh
0: the guy that was stealing the uh the stuff Dennis Dennis yeah so you look at when when he actually left to go steal the embryos he executed the thing and then he started a timer on his mac and then synchronized that timer clock with his watch which had nothing to do (laughs) that timer on his computer had nothing to do with anything yeah yeah actually
1: yeah that's true
0: because he should have synchronized it when he hit the execute button but anyway that aside it was just i'm sure more for visual than anything else but uh
1: People didn't didn't understand computers back then, so... Yeah.
0: They were like, no one's going to watch this again and again and again. It's all right. (laughs) No one's going to be having a podcast where they talk about this in 20-whatever years. It's okay.
1: Podcast? Is that even going to be a thing 22 years from now?
0: (laughs) But, I mean, you look at this movie, and what is it about this movie that... I mean, we've obviously been talking about it now for a few minutes, but what is it about this movie that really draws you to it what what when you think of Jurassic Park what's the first thing that comes to mind
1: oh man I think the sense of wonder of actually like the first time that um what is the name Dr. Grant right? is the first time that he actually sees the stegosaurus I think Uh the whole movie is a thing like that for a a little kid watching dinosaurs and I was not a kid that like I was super into dinosaurs I just thought that they will were cool, and that's it, but when you watch that, you look, man, nature can be so wonderful, it can be majestic, creatures can be so, I don't know, I think majestic is really the word, creatures can be so big, and they have little intricacies, they have little details that we do not pay attention, and they interact with each other. And this sense of wonder, Steven Spielberg like captured it so well, and they actually made a trailer out of it, and it was it was great. I mean, it's one of the most memorable movies of all time. mm mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. Yeah. When when I think of Jurassic Park, I think of the doors, obviously, and the logo, because that's ingrained in my mind. But, uh. I think of that scene where, where Dr. Grant and all, well, all three of those doctors, when they first see their first pair of dinosaurs with the, the bronchiosauruses, um, you know, just up there eating, grazing Ranch. as a herd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the score that is underneath that scene, the John Williams score in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So good. I mean from just the the theme for Jurassic Park, which I mean you can hum that all day long and it just mm-hmm. never gets old it's it's majestic that oh, yeah. theme is majestic oh yeah um it's it's transcendent you know anymore we, we've worked to a point now in film scores I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but you don't get a proper film score anymore.
1: You really, no, don't. you really don't you really don't and that's one thing that i really noticed um when i was watching the hobbit trilogy i remember very well that the uh, lord of the rings like score was really good throughout the three movies but i didn't feel like the same thing about the hobbit i like those movies i really like them i just don't think that this the quality of the scores it's it's not just about the quality i mean it's. The scores don't really matter so much to the movie makers. I think they don't put too much work into it to make us feel immersed. I think that the whole Christopher Nolan sound in the end, in the in the beginning and endings of all movies. I mean that the whole thing is is being overused and mm-hmm. we don't have the sense of like having a theme song for a specific movie anymore. If you mm-hmm. hum the opening of uh, Jurassic Park, everybody's going to know what that is. But can mm-hmm. you hum uh, something from The Hobbit? Anything from The Hobbit?
0: Me no because I actually haven't seen the new Hobbit oh, movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a
1: bad example, but can you can you hum let's, if we're talking about Christopher Nolan? Can you hum anything from the um, Batman trilogy, the the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy? I mean, it's just not there. We don't have. Mm-hmm. We we have, We used to have Batman on the old Batman movies, and mm-hmm. that was a thing. But not anymore. I mean, we we, we don't have anything these days. It's just let's or, make sure yeah. the atmosphere is okay enough, and let's go through with it. Well, yeah, you you
0: nailed on the head the. Film scores nowadays are atmospheric. They're they're just appropriate for the... They, they're tone pieces. They don't stay on their own. They're tone structure for what's happening on the screen, which, mm-hmm. yeah, is that's the purpose of the music, is to just play along with what's on the screen, I guess. But when you have something like this Jurassic Park theme that can stand on its own as a wonderful piece of music... Or, heck, I mean, we go to the Batman example, 89 Batman, Danny Elfman's Batman theme,
1: you know, da 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 da, da. Oh, yeah, man, that brought up memories, just you humming <laughs> exactly.
0: that. Exactly, but with, with Batman Begins, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you really me. can't. <laughs> Swear to me. <laughs>
2: Where's Rachel?
0: <laughs> oh, man, that was Dark Knight. But, yes, uh, so it's a lost art, unfortunately, but it's prominently displayed in Jurassic Park. Um, you've got, you know, the Tyrannosaurus kind of has its own theme when it comes on. Uh, you have the Velociraptors definitely have their own theme. It's, it's really awesome because when you see that Velociraptor being born and then you see him later, like, being grown, you hear the same kind of theme uh-huh. But completely different because, like, it's a baby version for the first one, but it's actually like you know fully developed and mature for when they're fully developed raptors. That's, That's really so cool. cool. Like, pay attention to that when you hear it. It's it's awesome. But yeah, so the the music that always stands out on this movie. Um, also, the the acting was really good. So yeah, it was. This is the first movie that I think I remember seeing um, the guy that played... I can't think of his name. His, his name just escaped me. Um, he played Ian Malcolm. Jeff 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 Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah. I think this is the first movie that I remember ever seeing him in. Because I think he was in The Fly before this, but that was way
1: before my time anyway. That's, I think it's the only movie that I associate him with.
0: <laughs> this movie? Jurassic Park?
1: yeah i I can't really think of Jeff Goldblum without thinking of Jurassic Park
0: yeah I either think of this or Independence Day depending on the day yeah yeah I guess you could say that uh so it was first time I saw him and I remember watching features and special you know stuff for this movie when it was uh, first coming out and being available but he was actually like doing a lot of ad living on the set. Uh, which is kind of cool. So, uh, when there was this one scene when they're going up the stairs when they first get to Jurassic Park, and they're saying that they're going to be out of a job, and then he runs up the stairs and it's like, "Oh, don't you mean extinct?" That was him ad-libbing that. That wasn't written. Uh, that was oh, just him doing that. That's pretty uh, awesome. That's a yeah. great line. Uh huh. And there's there's actually a few other lines where he does that too. Um, in in the movie, um, it's. Great acting on his accord. On you know, Sam Neill as Doctor Grant was really good. Even the kids,
1: the, oh, yeah, yeah, the kids yeah.
0: acted really well. And I think that boy has gone on to be in other things, but I don't know about the the girl. But they were both. When when you have kids, it's always hard to see how they're going to act because sometimes it's just eh. But they actually did really well because. They were in perilous situations with a T Rex, rex uh, and the girl screaming, you know, them trying to, you know, keep from eating the T-Rex to eat them. And then the kid, Timmy, you know, when he was electrocuted on the fence, when he was in the car, you know, falling off the, uh, in the, into the tree. Uh-huh. And the way he delivers some of his lines, like, well, we're in the car again or something like that. Or we made it out of the tree. Like, so good. Yeah, I, yeah. I... It's
1: just... It's good. It's so good. Yeah, and, and to think that back then they had, like, really good child actors, like, that had that kind of coaching to be that realistic. They, they really did a good job.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is an excellent movie. I definitely... If you haven't seen Jurassic Park, dear listener, if you haven't seen Jurassic Park...
1: What is wrong with you? <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say that, but what's wrong with you <laughs> it's it's so good i mean it's it's from 1993 and so you might be like oh i only watch new stuff the graphics are gonna be horrible just just watch it it's it's good it's great film it's what film should aspire to be today and some films are getting there and i think it's probably going to be the best of the jurassic park movies anyway jurassic world is not out yet at this recording but I can't see Jurassic World being better than Jurassic Park was. It's just.
1: Uh, it's going to be hard to stop that.
0: Yeah. So I definitely recommend if you have not yet seen Jurassic Park, put it on your list. Seek it out. Watch Jurassic Park. Do you have mm-hmm. any clothing? Clo- ah, clothing. <laughs> do you have any closing thoughts?
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, which one? Clothing or closing thoughts? <laughs> Well, clothing, Uh, I do have some. I have my pajamas on. (laughs) And clothing, thoughts. I mean, I do have to say that I'm keeping an open mind for the next Jurassic World movie. I just wish everybody stopped hating on everything before it's out. I mean, just... I just try to keep an open mind about all movies. But even if it's not good, just make sure you revisit the original, the 1993. Um, Jurassic Park movie at some point of your life again and uh, see that Steven Spielberg I mean at that point 22 years ago he was doing what everybody's still trying to copy to this day, which mm-hmm. is to make a thriller actually be thrilling. So that's 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 what I have to say.
0: <laughs> Very good. So as we wrap up the show this week, Next week, again, look forward to our discussion on the Lost World Jurassic Park. So, that's actually what it's called the Lost World Jurassic Park. It's not called Jurassic Park The Lost World or Jurassic Park 2. It's called the Lost World Jurassic Park. That's so, that's kind of odd. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. But uh, I guess whatever works for them. So, we'll be discussing that next week. And, question for you, Paulo, and for our listeners. Shoot it would you go to a dinosaur theme park as depicted in Jurassic Park before everything goes all crazy
1: oh my god I mean maybe if I oh I don't know man I'm so I'm so scared of everything to be honest <laughs> if I see it's like it's running for five years and they had zero accidents or maybe like a couple accidents that were not fatal maybe but if I actually come to think of it, like Disneyland, there must have been people that got into fatal accidents there, but we don't hear about it. So, marketing is not really a good, good point of reference. So, <laughs> I would say no, man. I'm too scared of those stuff. i would sit just that one out. Yeah, I would just set that one out. I don't want to be dinosaur ration. <laughs> uh
0: fair enough. You know, I think I would. I think I I would go. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't go in the first five or ten years probably, but (laughs) I would want to go. I would want to see, you know, the dinosaurs. Yeah, it's kind of like a zoo in a way where you don't... I mean, you go to the zoo and you see these creatures, right? But these seeing dinosaurs would be seeing something extinct seeing something that lived on the earth long ago that we've only you know seen in the textbooks seen you know in our imaginations but being actually able to see one like a, you know a Tyrannosaurus Rex or a Velociraptor or something would be crazy but again those are apex predators which I don't think you could really contain well but like I said, if they've yeah, been contained be for five or ten years, I think I'd give it a shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the experience would be actually fantastic, no no doubt about it. I just need more guts to be able to go to a place like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the experience would be irrefutable. I mean, it would be so such a great thing to see those majestic animals. Mm-hmm.
0: So, listener, what do you think? Uh, Let us know on Twitter or in email. Um, And you can tweet us at entertainingpod or send us an email. That's entertaining at gmail.com. You can always review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You know, people always ask, or don't always ask, but people sometimes wonder, why do you want me to review you? you? Why does it matter... The real reason is because for those reviews it actually builds traffic and mm-hmm. traffic actually gets people to notice the show so if you're enjoying the show and you would like other people to enjoy the show as well if you leave a review it builds that traffic so that way other people might discover the show and listen to it too so please leave us a review on itunes stitcher TuneIn, or whatever podcast provider you use do that
1: and paulo you're on twitter right yep i'm at mighty underscore paulo and i tweet about dumb stuff there with the dumb people they are my friends from the <laughs> marriage of the games community from the flex the post community and probably from your community as well
0: yeah so always follow paulo make sure he's tweeting about interesting things Make sure he's not infusing dinosaur embryos with something in his lab because that wouldn't be
1: good. You know what? I haven't talked about time travel in my Twitter so far, but I might have to start doing that from this point on. I think you should.
0: (laughs) Uh, You can reach me on Twitter. I am at SithNightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. And that will do it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you for listening to That's Entertaining this week. We hope that you have been entertained.